This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendorvis, the Old Trailblazer. I'm happy to be back with you, and I want to just uh, give a shout-out to our old trucker friends out there. We have a few of those folks on the highways, those old 18-wheelers, a long-hauled guy. And oftentimes we get a call from some of them, and uh, we send them booklets to put out in the break rooms and all those things. If you can do that, trucker, we'd be glad to do that. But I want to get back. We're bringing you the probably the conclusion of this week of these messages we've been bringing on the home and the family and the marriage and all of those things. But I promised you in our earlier study that I'd give you a little more information about the old trailblazer and who he is and where he came from. So I want to try to do that at this time. First of all, I was born and raised here in South Louisiana. My dad and mother lived and had a little old farm, strawberries primarily. And we came up there. I had a brother and three sisters. My dad was a hardworking man, taught us how to work, taught us how to obey. And I got grown there on that farm and and I went out and joined the Navy and stayed a couple of years and peacetime, didn't see no fighting or nothing. I'm glad I didn't. And I come home and uh, went into working in the electrical field. My folks had been, been involved in those things, and I was able to do that. Not long before, I met my future wife and fell in love and married a young woman. And I I had no religious background whatsoever my family was not religious we didn't even go to church or anything like that i guess we were heathens but we uh we we obeyed law and we didn't do those things but we didn't have any religious like probably back then many folks didn't but anyhow married this young woman and she was a religious girl and uh, through her uh family and those things we she wanted me to go to church and with in we a little church that we she had been going to and some of her folks had been going to and they were having a little revival meeting in the summer and she wanted me to go so we went there and first thing you know they wanted me to join that little church i never had been a church member in my life and i did i joined that little church one sunday night and they baptized me and boy boy now i'm a church member the little old preacher told me i was saved and i i went there for maybe two or three months thinking I was saved, going to Sunday school, and new life for me, but a new life in Christ. It was just new things. New had to get up on Sunday morning instead of laying in the bed. But it wasn't long, by the providence of God, someone invited me to go here, Pastor L.R. Shelton Sr., in an old tent meeting out not far from where we live. I had heard him on the radio, she and I had, and uh, I never had met him, but he had a tent, a big old gospel tent out here in the small town. We went on Sunday afternoon, first time. You couldn't hardly find a place to park. So many cars there. And we kept going every night. He was there, I think, six weeks. We went several nights. During that time, the providence of God, the Holy Spirit, began to probe my heart. I've often said the first time I ever heard the truth, I believed I knew it was the truth and I knew I didn't have anything. Lord showed me I wasn't saved. And uh, gave me a gave me a, a desire, so to speak, to be saved, and uh, began to enlighten me and awaken me and show me those things, and began to read and study my Bible and see that I was a sinner, and all of that was under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, of course. And we lived about hundred miles from New Orleans, where Pastor Shelton was a pastor, and we had an opportunity to go a few times. Uh, once in a while, someone from here, we'd carpool back then. We was all poor, and and we would go. And the more we, more I went, I don't know about the other fellows, 
But the more I went, the more I heard, the more I was convinced that I was not saved, that I was a sinner needing to be saved. And I would like to say that I turned to the Lord immediately, but I didn't. I love this present evil world just like most folks do. I wasn't a drunkard nor a whoremonger nor a wife beater, none of those things. I live what we call a decent life, but I wasn't saved. And many folks are doing that thing today, thinking maybe that they're all right. I had joined that little old church, and that preacher told me I was saved. And about 90 days after he told me that, he run off with another man's wife, and I never have heard from him since. So it just kind of blowed up my turnip truck. But my friend, the Lord never left me. The Lord never let me go. Over a period of time, the Lord dealt seriously with my heart. I began to study and read the Bible and listen. You could hear Pastor Shelton over the radio back in those days here, from here where we lived in Walker. Still can. And uh, those were gracious times with me, spiritual times, of course. And I began to mingle and intermingle with the folks there in New Orleans and uh, hear the testimony of those old men and old and old women, elderly women, some not so old. But I heard the testimony of how the Lord saves a sinner. Time after time, many of them took me and my wife under their wing, and we would go and spend the night with them on Saturday night and be there for Sunday morning. We had an early broadcast, and we would be there at the church on Sunday morning. Pastor Shelton brought the Voice of Truth live every Sunday morning, 7 o'clock. Choir there, women with their hair rolled up, and some of them with their night clothes on, and all of those things. But it was always gracious for me. We started going pretty well. By that time, I would begin to make where I could afford a car and a little gas money, and we would get to go. But the Lord never left me. All I look back on those times is the most gracious times in my life. It was a new life for me, a new experience for me. Even though I wasn't saved, I was in that realm of those folks who talked of the Lord and spoke of the Lord and praised the Lord. And I got to, was able to go to prayer meetings and fellowship times and where there was uh, uh, the Spirit of the Lord was there, and I was able to see the difference in what I had seen and what I had seen in the community where I lived. There was churches there, of course, and I knew folks who went to church, but I never heard them praising the Lord. I never heard them talking about how the Lord awakened them and saved them. I never heard those things. And now I begin to hear those things, and I begin to see the Lord slowly, slowly, slowly dealt with my heart, broke my spirit, if you will, broke my will. You know, the reason most folks are not saved is because their will has never been broken. And I had a stubborn will just like you do and just like most folks do. And I wanted my own way. And I was, a I don't know, a terrible person, I guess, looking back. But the Lord never left me. The pastor was kind to me. I've spent many, many nights with him there in his home. I used to drive him to the mission places sometime, fellowship with him, He'd tell me how the Lord saved him, tell me how the Lord saves a sinner. Then we'd have uh, protracted meetings there at the, in, in New Orleans. Dr. Copeland would come from Waco, Texas, and preach for a couple of three weeks, and others, different ones. All that time, there was a work going on in my heart, just a slow process. It wasn't glaring out, no. No, I didn't run up and down the road telling folks I was a lost sinner and the Lord hung me over hell and all those things. No, I didn't do that. But I began to see that inward working of the Holy Spirit. He works in the heart. 
Nobody knew my condition but, but me and the Lord. The Lord looks on the heart. But over a period of time, I don't know now how it is. Folks, I know folks who can tell you what day of the week it was that the Lord saved them, whether it was raining or cloudy. I don't know those things. That wasn't important to me. All I wanted to know was my sins were gone. My sins were gone. We sing a song here now. I wish I had it. I could play it for you. My sins are gone. Washed in the blood. Pardon. And I found out Pastor Shelton's, his favorite things were to sing those old blood songs. Uh, there's power in the blood. Are you washed in the blood? Those things made an impression upon me. And I began to see slowly, slowly, slowly. Let me ask you this. Do you know what salvation is? The word salvation means deliverance. And that's what the Lord did for me. He delivered my poor soul from what I was by nature, a sinner, wanting my own way, wanting to have my way, wanting to be somebody come. The Lord delivered me from that, took away those things. Surely there's always that uh, let's eat, drink, and be merry. We have plenty of goods stored up, have need of nothing. The Lord broke all that in my heart. I did. I loved the preeminence of the world. I loved that. I was in a business by then and kind of a what you'd call somebody come. Lord broke all that. Lord broke all that. And I began to see that the Lord died for my sins. Oh, my friend, I can't tell you how the Lord saves a sinner. I can only tell you how he saved me. He broke everything in my heart that wasn't pleasing to him. You say, now, sinner, now, pastor, you're perfect? No, sir. I'm far from perfect, but my sins are gone. I tell folks here in my congregation now, as a pastor of this work, there's not one sin registered against me in heaven. Not one past sin, not one future sin, not one present sin. They're gone. They're washed. The Lord said he can't see them. They're behind his back. I heard this story of a little young Sunday school teacher. Had a class of about 10 or 12 young boys. So he asked them one morning, said, boys, is there anything that God can't see? And they pondered each other, looking at each other and all that. Finally, in the back, one little spraggly little old boy raised his little old scrawny arm. He said, teacher, Mr. Teacher, he can't see my sins. They under the blood. Isn't that grace? Isn't that grace? Do you care anything about your soul, my friend? Is this life more important to you than your soul? Do you realize that we're sinners? We come into this world sinful. And every man, every woman comes into this world sinful. We must be washed. We must be redeemed. We don't know that until the Lord by his Holy Spirit. And that's why he gives us as his ambassadors commissioned to go out and preach the gospel. Tell folks, expound, expound. Like I heard an old man say, his job was to confound the scriptures. Well, maybe that's what I do, confound the scriptures. I don't want to. I want to expound them. I want to make them so plain by the grace of God that you, my listeners, can hear what a sinner you are and then turn to the Lord. The greatest thing in this life, the greatest thing that will ever happen to you wherever you are today or tonight is to come to see yourself needful and then turn to the Lord and receive his forgiveness. Yes, the Lord gives us forgiveness. He said on the cross, Father, 
Forgive them, for they know not what they do. If he had not prayed that prayer, that whole bunch there at the foot of the cross would have been wiped out. But you and I would have never been forgiven. But he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Our folks out there, they don't know what they're doing. They're blinded by the God of this world, whom we spoke of in our last study. We're going to speak of him again later. Blinded by the God of this world, Satan. He's a living being, living, breathing uh, being. I don't know. I can't explain that to you. But he's a created being. He was the highest created being that ever was created until sin entered into him. He said, I'll be like God. I will be God. And the Lord God of heaven cast him onto this earth as his headquarters in the stratosphere. And that's why we have to go through his territory to get our prayer up there. But we'll get into that later. But my friend, this is the old trailblazer, Pastor Albert Pendarus. I just wanted to give you a little synopsis there. You write me and talk to me. I'll talk to you on the phone if you call me and uh, pray for me. Would you do that? And remember... Uh, we need your help a little bit for the broadcast. We're just giving out the gospel. We don't have an axe to grind with any of these folks, but uh, we're just going to give out the gospel. We have just as much right to preach the gospel as they do to preach error. So you do pray for me and help me with the broadcast, and then come see me if you can. Remember my mailing address, Radio Missions, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Goodbye. If you missed part of today's broadcast or would like a recording, the Old Trailblazer broadcast is now available for download to your phone, to your iPad or computer via podcast. Find out more about our podcast by visiting our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org.